When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Here we use a lot of F-words. Food, fiber, and farming. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. And for some folks starting off on a Wednesday morning, they may be using the word foggy. There is a dense fog advisory in effect for parts of southwest Wisconsin, Richland, Grant, and Crawford County. That's going to be around until 9 o'clock this morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. So glad you're along with us. For the rest of us and later today, sunshine should break through any of that fog. Going to be a little warmer today. Partly sunny skies, 85 are expected high. Tomorrow, sunshine and 86. Friday, partly sunny skies and 86 degrees. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, has weather details coming up. We also have details this morning on day number two, now in the books, for the 2021 Pro Farmer Crop Tour. Want to keep an eye on what those analysts are seeing. And we're also focused in this morning on what's happening with white mold in our Wisconsin soybeans. Dr. Damon Smith, University Extension Plant Pathologist, gives us the latest update on what we need to be aware of this morning. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Badgerbean.com puts the Wisconsin soybean farmer first, and it's your place to go for the latest soybean news and research from leading industry experts. Simple, easy-to-access resources for the betterment and advancement of a sustainable soybean industry right here in Wisconsin. Badgerbean.com, an invaluable tool constantly updated for Wisconsin soybean farmers. For info and the latest updates, find us on Facebook and visit badgerbean.com today. We need you and your rain gauge. It's time for the Rural Mutual Rainfall Report, and we need you to text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from, because every month we'll pick a winner that will get a digital weather station, courtesy of the Midwest Farm Report and Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Lots of farm families were recognized at the recent Wisconsin State Fair for having Century and Susquecentennial Farms, which is 150 years. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, and these farms, many of them are still operating like they were when they started. Stephanie, one of those uh, farm family right in your home area, the Chokas family, tell us about their operation and receiving their Century Award at the fair. That's right, Bob. We are honoring those Centennial and Sesquicentennial Farms at MidwestFarmReport.com. I'm Stephanie Hoff coming to you from the southern end of the longest barn in Madison. Now that Chokas family, the Chokas farm of Clark County is on that list. The family has not only had the same land, but they've been dairy farming on that land for more than 100 years Bill Chokas is the fourth generation farming the property. 
He says the land is a testament to the conservation and preservation farmers do to keep the land profitable for generations to come. It has been in our family for 118 years. I guess my great-grandfather, John Chokis, came over from Poland in 1901, and he uh, worked at the International Harvester uh, McCormick Gearing Plant for three years. And then um, he had seen that there was uh, 40-acre parcels of land through the Homestead Act. So him and three of his brothers um, came up to Thorpe and purchased, each one of them purchased the 40 acres of land, and they started to uh, farm. He actually did not bring his wife when he came here. Um, he left his wife and six kids in Poland to seek out uh, a better life for them in America, and he first sent for them after he had built a house and a barn in 1904, to, uh, he first sent for his wife and kids then, and then they came over to America and um, and actually uh, came into the Stanley Depot on 4th of July, and they thought a war was going on because 4th of July fireworks were going off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so what about the, I mean, is this the only farm then of those three brothers that remains in the family? Yes, it is. The other three brothers all during the 19, I do believe the 1930s, the Dust Bowl years, the Depression, um, all had sold their farms and um Went back to Chicago to uh, you know to to work there. One went out to Connecticut, I think, to work out there. So this is the only farm that of of all the four brothers that originally came that is uh, you know that stayed in the family. You guys are dairying. Yes, we've been dairying. My great grandpa started out with, like I said, built a house, cleared the land, built a house and a barn, and then, like I said, started milking cows. And the farm has never stopped milking cows. My you know, like I said, my great-grandfather bought it, like I said, for whatever started in 1903. And then my, um, I guess my my grandpa, he bought it from my great-grandpa then in 1933, I do believe. And then my dad and mom bought it in 1963. And then me and my wife, Bridget, purchased it in 2003. So it's... Uh, all Ben Chokas is the only one who has ever owned the land has been a Chokas that hasn't even been married out of the family. And I guess what about the next generation? Do you see interest for this to stay in the family? Well, we hope so. I mean, we, we me and Bridget have uh, two boys that are very interested in farming. One's 17, Bryce, and the other one, uh, Blake, is 13. And they both uh, are very, very uh, interested in the farm. They both have a lot of work on the farm to do, a lot of jobs that they do, learning it from me and Bridget. And um, yeah, I mean, they're they're showing a lot of interest in it. We're hoping that they will be the fifth generation to take, uh, take it on and keep it in the family. I know you've always milked cows, but has the farm changed in other ways as it's gone through the family? I'm sure there's been updates. Oh, yes, there's been updates. There's been land purchases. Um, you know, it started out as a 40 acres. Eventually, it went to 80 and, and 120 and then, you know, and then 200. And then I guess uh, when we bought it from mom and dad, it was at 200. And we um, we purchased an 80 to the south of us. And that was in uh, 2009. And then um, and then in uh, 15, we bought a 40 acres. And then here just this last year, we bought another 54 of cropland from uh, a relation of ours. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always been a dairy farm. It's been, you know, going from... I suppose back then it was five or 10 cows, you know, up to 30 and 40. My dad, I grew up milking 80 cows. And um, in 2015, we, we built a freestyle barn and parlor and moved it to 180 cows milking, about 220 cows total. 
you know, just kind of been steadily renting land and, and growing the farm as it needs to be. Bill, what are your thoughts on receiving an honor at the Wisconsin State Fair for having the farm and the family for over 100 years? It's actually really, I mean, it's really neat. It's really, really neat to know that, you know, the farm has stayed in the family for 118 years. It's quite an honor to know that, you know, not many farms get to uh, get to that point. And, and I guess to be a fourth-generation farm, hopefully a fifth-generation farm, is, is pretty awesome. I know many times I stand out, you know, on the fields if you're ever out or picking rock or, or just, you know, tilling the land or whatever. Sometimes I'll just stop and look around and think to myself, you know, not only has my dad, my grandpa, but my great-grandpa have all maybe stood in this very exact same spot and, and seen the seen the same clouds and the same sun and, and felt the same wind. And, you know, just there's so many of my aunts and uncles and, and, and you know, cousins and stuff that have all been on this ground, you know, or have, 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 have come from this ground, you know, and, and it, it's, it's very special to me. It's, it's, it's pretty neat. I mean, it's, it's a neat, neat experience. And I, I guess I always, you know, I always figure anyone who has ever been part of this farm always has the right to come back and enjoy it with us. You don't really think of a hundred years or a hundred and, you know, 18 years. You, you, I guess it just never goes past your mind much until you really start looking into the research of it. And you look at how it was kind of eye opening to see how the land was purchased and, and for how much. And then a lot of times, you know, back in the old days, it was a bartering system, you know, how they would pay for things and, and how the family members would, you know, allow somebody to buy another chunk and then they would buy it from them and it just kind of get passed down. And, but it was very important right from the beginning, how, how the family was going to keep the farm. And, and I always say, you know, farmers are, are the greatest cons- conservationists there ever were, because I mean, when you look at what the farm has been through and what it has, has done and what it still does today, that wouldn't happen if, if my you know farmers or if my grandpa and great grandpa didn't take care of it. My dad didn't take care of it the way we do. Um, you know, you, you they, they talk, talk about sustainable agriculture. Farmers have always had sustainable agriculture. I mean, there's there's no way we can't do it. Um, we have to in order to carry on a farm for four and five generations. And something the new and current generation can look forward to is a 40-calf facility coming to the property this fall. Bill Chokas' story is one of many centennial and sesquicentennial farm stories we'll be sharing with you on the MidwestFarmReport.com. These stories are brought to you courtesy of Compere Financial. And from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. When your favorites start the game, you can count on a win. Count on Interstate All Battery when you need your car, golf cart, and outdoor equipment to start. Interstate All Battery Staying Power delivers more going power. One store for all the battery energy you'll ever need. Rely on the Interstate All Battery Center to keep you in a starting position. And always free battery testing. Just inside the Middleton Business Park. Interstate Batteries. Outrageously dependable. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We're the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. If you talk and they will hear you every single time. Oh, we're getting killed. Yeah, well, Kyle's not here. 
How come? Kicked off the team. Didn't Tim tell you? Kyle and some other kids got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Come on, it's a first offense, right? That we know of. But why should that matter? He knew not to drink. I've made it clear to Matt, that's what we expect from him. What have you said to Tim? Um, nothing really. You know, a lot of kids try it at this age, so I... Yeah, well, a lot of kids don't try it, too. I'm not saying that Matt's gonna be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink, how's he gonna know? You think kids that age really listen? <laughs> they never admit it, Bill, but they hear more than you think. Talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with kids about underage drinking, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, as we get started on a Wednesday morning, it actually looks like those fields might be looking forward to a little moisture. Let's talk about weather. Time for your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update on a Wednesday. Stumach, our Ag Meteorologist, joining us this morning. Now, we have to keep in mind, we've got the Grant County Fair underway in Lancaster, the Dodge County Fair in Beaver Dam, the uh, uh, Juno County Fair in Mauston, all underway. So rain, not exactly what they're looking forward to. Uh, but I guess at this stage in the game, we'll take a little dribble. What are you seeing develop out there this morning? Well, nothing this morning, Pam. I mean, the chance is here toward the end of the week. But until then, it's still going to be very much summertime weather, great fair conditions. I mean, we're talking 80-degree daytime highs, upper 60s, about 70 at night, and dry conditions, a little breezy, all sounding very fine indeed. Now, we can still look at what's going on with Fred, Tropical Storm Fred, and the eastern parts of the U.S., with a frontal boundary kind of wrapped around Fred up the Mississippi, extending on toward uh, the Ohio Valley, southern Indiana into Ohio, and that's where there is some rain, Ohio and east, and down to our south in the southern part of the Mississippi Valley. None of that a concern for us. I think that moisture does stay far enough east as to not present a, a rain chance to us. There are a few scattered showers as well. Far northwest North Dakota, back into Montana and Wyoming, that's around the next front, a cool front trying to drop southeast out of Canada, but not finding much success. High pressure still very strong here in the Great Lakes, going to try and keep that rain away and do a pretty good job of it until what I would expect will be later Friday into Friday night and just lasting into the day Saturday. That's when finally some showers and could be a scattered thunderstorm or two roll on through. Now, I don't see this as being a great big rainmaker Friday night into Saturday, maybe up to a quarter inch or so. That might be about the most we can hope for. But like Pam said, a little rain would do us some good, no doubt about that. Even just a quarter inch would help to uh, keep things on the greener side and just push along that crop growth and the, and the hay growth as well and give us that uh, little break from some of the humidity that will start to build up about that time. Friday and Saturday, probably the warmest days, especially Friday, the warmest day we've had in a while into the upper 80s. The humidity will rise accordingly as that cool front builds in. But as it passes through, we lose a few degrees of temperature. We lose a little humidity, and it does get more comfortable as we look towards Saturday and Sunday. Lower 80s once again as we wrap up the weekend and drying out at least into the early parts of next week. There could be a little rain chance trying to edge in early on next week as well. I'll have forecast details right after this. Rural Mutual Insurance. 
Keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at RuralMutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select John Deere equipment and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. All righty, Stu, let's talk a little bit more about uh, the weather. Like you said, uh, we're going to pop back into the mid-80s, and then, well, I assume, just judging by the humidity we've been picking up, that is going to be the precursor to any of that moisture we might see, huh? Right, that humidity has to build in, and we have to feel it before we get that better chance of a little rain. The Compure Financial Ag Weather Forecast is for a mostly sunny sky today. A little patchy fog here and there. Don't let that surprise you if you haven't been out yet. You may find a little fog in the low spots. I'd expect we'll be in the low or mid-80s, if you will, today. The mid-80s at La Crosse, a little warmer in the west. Southeast winds about 5. We'll stay clear overnight. Very upper 60s, and south winds will be around 5. Sunny skies Thursday, another fine day. Mid-80s, south winds about 5. A little more humid, yes. Friday, some sunny skies, and that chance of a shower or storm. That may pop into western Wisconsin late in the day. I think for the rest of us, it's more likely Friday night than lasting into Saturday. Upper 80s on Friday, 87, 88 degrees. South winds about 5 to 10. Excuse me, and like I said, Pam, you know, if we see a, a tenth of an inch to a quarter or so Friday night into Saturday, that should be about it. But that's there could be that one thunderstorm that will give you a lot more rain in some areas. But this just isn't going to be a big, heavy, widespread rainmaker. Is that that tropical Fred stuff, or is that just... Us. That's just us. There's a little moisture building in because of Fred. I mean, we can blame some humidity on that mm-hmm. toward the end of the week. Yep. But that front will finally sweep in out of the northwest and actually try to give us that rain and then dry it out and cool it off a little. All right. Sounds like a deal. Don't forget, I thought about you. Badger steam and gas engine this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You're going to make time to come over? <laughs> Can't do that. Ah. Two auctions this weekend. You know, no fun at all. Well, normally you've got to come and pick stuff up there for the other festivals and hoot nannies yeah, you get I know involved it, with. Ours is next weekend. So. <laughs> it is the season. They're focused in on Rumleys this year, both uh, oil and uh, steam. It's it's going to be a good show. I know a lot of my guys are going, so it's going to be plenty to see. See, can you hear how jealous he is? All right, that's why yes. I'm here. That's why I'm here. Start your day just like that. All right, buddy. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks, Stu. See ya. All right. Stu Macher, Ag Meteorologist, giving you the weather details that you are looking for. And, of course, this morning it's brought to you courtesy of our friends from Compure Financial. Compure Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture in rural America. Visit Compure. And by the way, if you're curious to learn more about the Badgers Team and Gas Engine Show, we'll be talking with Steve Rodabush, who is the president of the Badgers Team and Gas Engine Show. But you can also expedite things and go right to their website now. Find out more about the big Rumley steam and uh, uh, oil engines that they're bringing in from all across the United States this year as the focal point of the show. 
badgersteamandgas.com is their website. And uh, like I said, I was talking with Steve yesterday, and he said they're doing pretty good as far as volunteers are concerned. That is the one caveat that's hurting a lot of our or influencing a lot of our festivals. The Jefferson County Dairy Breakfast that was scheduled for Saturday has now been canceled because they lack volunteers, and they also experienced a sharp spike in the food costs. So Jefferson County Dairy Breakfast, slated for this Saturday, has now been canceled. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Pride doesn't just appear out of nowhere. Like a healthy plant, a trusted relationship, or a successful business. It begins as a seed and grows. Uh, excuse me. What are you doing? I'm telling farmers about Dairyland Seed Pride. Well, stop. All you got to do is tell them about how we're bringing the yield. But what about our history and people? Still the best and still proud of it. But now we have our strongest lineup ever of top performers in independent trials all across the Midwest. So I guess I don't have to use my passionate sincerity voice anymore. Please don't. Just shut up and yield. Yep. Just like that. See how our top performing corn, soybean, silage, and alfalfa seeds bring the yield in your region soils at dairylandseed.com. Compere Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compure Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do. And our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. We were looking to replace our aluminum siding on our old house. We ended up going with Prairie Exteriors. We had them come out and give us an estimate. I was just impressed with their service. They had siding samples. Their pricing was really reasonable. It looks amazing. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com Looks phenomenal. Hey, check the grill. The game's coming on. It's time to turn those Johnson Sausage Brats. And what a deal. You buy five packages at $6 each, and you get a package free. Pick up burgers, roasts, chops, and Wisconsin's finest cheese at Johnson's Sausage Shop in Ryle. They're perfect for cooking out or eating in. Add your favorite beer, wines, or liquor, and eat deliciously. See johnsonsausage.com. Brats are ready. Johnson's Sausage Shop in Ryle. When you choose from several options, you're likely going to save money. That's what a family-owned, independent insurance place like ours can do. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our Our best best is the the very very least least we can do. do. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help with the miscellaneous sex offense investigation. On July 26, 2021, at approximately 1.01 a.m., 
NPD officers were dispatched to a hotel on Tradewinds Parkway reference a male who had exposed himself to an employee. The suspect was no longer on scene when officers arrived. Due to video evidence from the hotel, officers were able to positively ID the suspect as 33-year-old Ronnie A. Ballard. Ballard is still at large and there is probable cause for his arrest. If you have any information regarding the whereabouts of Ballard, do not approach Ballard and notify the Madison Police Department at 255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. Matthew. Huh? It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. I want to talk to you about uh, one individual specifically, but before we get to the guy who's got all the hype surrounding him, there's another cat that's got a lot of hype. That would be running back Jalen Berger. What's up with the the leg, the right leg? He dropped out of practice yesterday? Does he got a bad yeah. injury? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look bad, but he did drop out pretty early in practice after individual drills. It was a it was a rather short day for them compared to what they usually go. Was, I think it was only about an hour and a half. They usually go over two hours, but... Yeah, it's a, it's a disappointment because he needs as many reps as possible because he missed a bunch in the spring. Obviously, he didn't have a normal fall camp last year. I think he just dinged up in fall camp last year, too. So it's unfortunate because it's pretty clear that him and uh, Ches Malusi are going to be the top two running backs for them this fall, at least to start the season. And yeah, it's, that's unfortunate. I don't, again, I don't think it's going to be something where he's out for an extended period of time. And I guess in the end, you want him available on September 4th as opposed to August 17th. But yeah, it's a. Uh, it's not ideal. Okay, so Zach, let me ask you on this then, because there's a lot of hype surrounding the offense, right? And you know, Ches Malusi, who just talked about Jalen Berger, we were just discussing. You have uh, obviously a nice line. You got the hype surrounding about Graham Mertz. We're going to ask you coming up. Then obviously it was uh, what uh, Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor believe they can form one of the top wide receiver tandems in Wisconsin history. Of all this hype surrounding the offense. Why is it then that the defense is so much ahead of the offense right now? Is it because it's just that much better and playmakers on it? This is a question that really will tell you the type of person you are. It's <laughs> kind of like a half, uh, a glass half full or a glass half empty type of question. Uh-huh. Because the, if you say it's the defense, well, then you're kind of letting the offense off. And if you say it's the offense, then you're kind of letting saying the defense isn't that good. Um I don't know. The defense, I think, and Paul Chris said this yesterday, that he thinks the defense is going to be, you know, a really, really good defense. They're going to be one of the better ones um, in the country. And I, I agree with that, but it's just been so one-sided, at least in team drills. Now, they, well, in, in some non-football, I guess you would call it, whether it's skeleton drills or 
you know, non-full team periods. The offense has had its moments, but when it's been 11 on 11, it's been really dominated by the defense. And that was certainly the case on Saturday. I think the offense had 10 possessions. They did not score in any of those 10 possessions. So um, it, it hasn't looked good for the offense. But again, it, it is relatively still early, right? It's still got two and a half weeks before they start the season. And um, they haven't been healthy along the offensive line. They've been missing their starting tackles uh, for the last few practices. And some of the backups are hurt, too. So, yeah, it's, it's really, I guess, how your mindset looks at things. Um, I'm usually half uh, a glass half empty kind of person. Uh, yes, yes, but um, So that's where, I guess, my concern <laughs> would be. It would be more on the offense than it is the defense. Now, I was uh, re-listening to a Paul Chris press conference and um, I was trying to decipher uh, his... Quite the sacrifice. sacrifice on your part. Oh, well, I mean, the, the opportunity presented itself, and I appreciated that opportunity. So, you know, I, you know, I was looking to uh, turn it into successful listening skills. But, Zach, I, listening to it, when him talk about that the defense was ahead of the offense, I honestly had no idea what he was saying and <laughs> what, it, what it really meant. So I'm glad that you came on here because you've been there. You know, your finger on the pulse of Wisconsin. So there's something that... I need to ask you about. Mm. And it's something I think every Wisconsin Badger fan is wondering and he was hoping that the, we have some kind of savior coming at the position, right? Graham Mertz, how has he been looking? Now, you know, he had a shoulder injury last year. He said he's healthy. He's like more confident than he's ever been. And we're all excited to see, you know, what you know, truly he is. Right now, to me, you got one and a half games, the Illinois game and some, you know, Michigan so to me, and Rowdy, what, what do you call Graham Mertz? Like a one-hit wonder right now, essentially? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's played one game really well and then a decent game against Michigan. That's about it. So now that, you know, it's there's not, you know, the random, and, or not random, but just the weird, wacky way that they had everything set up with COVID and you're practicing and not practicing, yada, yada. How has Graham Mertz been looking in a quote-unquote normal-ish practice, practices? He's been looking about as good as the offense looked. Uh-oh. So, yeah, no, Really, really oh, good not defense. good. Very, very experienced defense. I mean, it, it, it hasn't been, I think, what a lot of people were expecting. I think maybe that's maybe our expectations were just extremely out of whack. And but I just think he had such a really nice spring. Like it seemed like he had taken a, a pretty big leap during spring. And um, I was expecting another one for fall camp. And so far, to this point, haven't necessarily seen it. But so, what have you seen him do out there then? Like what? Like what? What's what's being a little left to be desired yeah. then? Yeah, I mean, it's they're not on the, the right page. It doesn't seem like he's pushing the ball down the field. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. A little fog this morning for Grant, Richland, and Crawford counties, but otherwise we'll burn it off. See partly sunny skies today, 85. Sunshine tomorrow in 86. Partly sunny on Friday and 86 degrees. The second full day of the Pro Farmer Crop Tour is in the books. We're going to hear what uh, agronomists saw on the western leg of that tour. That's coming up in just a moment. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Wednesday. So today is the 18th day of August. Did you know on this day back in 1926, the very first weather map was televised? And now stop and think about all the information that we get about our weather each and every day. But it started on this day back in 1926. Have to say happy birthday this morning to filmmaker Roman Polanski. 
Nope, he hasn't been back in the borders of the United States since probably, what, back in the 70s. His wife, Sharon Tate, murdered by uh, what they believe was the Manson crew. Well, he turns 88 years old today. And happy birthday, Robert Redford, 85 and still looking pretty good. And now you know. It's a Wednesday, and that means it's time for us to catch up with our friends from the Steffes Auction Group. Remember, I spell it for you all the time. S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. So along with us, as usual, Ashley Hewn from the Steffes Group. And we're talking today a little bit. More and more things have uh, pivoted to be done entirely online. And really, for cutting-edge auctioneers like the Steffes Auction Group, that's exactly where they are. And uh, Ashley, we thought maybe it would be good to just remind people some of the protocol that uh, Steffes has in place, not only to protect their identity and all of that kind of business, but to give them the best advantage as far as uh, getting in on those auctions. How do we begin? Well, first of all, our we do two monthly online consignments every month. So they end the second and the fourth Wednesday of every month. Of course, the advertising, uh, to get the most out of your advertising dollar, is, starts on the, either the first of the month or the 30th, um, you know, for, for each additional auction. So basically, you give us a call, then we want to come out to the farm, take a look, get a good description of what you got, um, decide what the best auction is as far as timing goes. A lot of people ask, you know, when's the best time to sell a combine or, or a planter, things like that, when they're in season, of course. And then all the bidding is done online. People can come right to your farm and look at it. You can take the phone calls. And, you know, these days people want to buy from right from the farmer and see what it's all about. Excellent. And, again, I want to remind you about the numbers that you can call to get in touch with the Steffes Auction Group. Again, Ashley Hewins along with us. Uh, the main office where Ashley's at, 320-693-9377. Seventy-one, Right here in Wisconsin, they've got their auction group manager right here at 920-442-5677. That number again in Wisconsin, 920-442-5677. And as always, you want to take a look at how things move? Steffesgroup.com, S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. And uh, once they're kind of in the loop on things, uh, Ashley, that... Uh, that kind of sets them up from that point forward, right? Yeah, once you got an account, you can bid on any of the auctions. Um, it's not complicated at all. Of course, if there's people that uh, are worried about connectivity issues or something like that from their start smartphone, we can always help them directly with that. Boy, and that is, uh, that is an issue more and more folks are bringing to my attention. Well, that's great. Ashley Hewn, along with us, reminding you that they have got those consignment auctions that are happening. Like you said, twice a month they'll be clearing those out. Twice a month, your great opportunity to find good deals and participate yourself. Find more at steffesgroup.com or better yet, call their Wisconsin office, 920 920- Four four two fifty six seventy seven. Ashley Hewitt along with us this Wednesday morning from the Steffes Auction Group. The Wisconsin Soybean Association works hard to share the voices of Wisconsin soybean growers at the state and national level. And you can become a member at badgerbean.com. Besides a voice in Washington, WSA members receive free seed, discounted event tickets, and products. Not to mention news on the latest in soybean research and technology. And being a member of the Wisconsin Soybean Association also makes you a member of the American Soybean Association. So join today at badgerbean.com and help the Wisconsin Soybean Association go to work for you. 
A service funded in part by federal dollars is coming to an end in Wisconsin. We've talked about it before. Project Recovery reaches out to Wisconsin farmers and their families, trying to help them through the challenges the pandemic and the drought has presented. Well, on August 26th, they're all done. Roy Mayers is one of the counselors that's been providing help to Wisconsin farm families. As of last night, I pulled the numbers, uh, we have had individual interactions, and what I mean is just that conversation of 30, 40, an hour, two hours long, of 4,738 people that we have been able to help through our program. Now, that's just specific to the farming community. Overall, we've reached about 280,000 people through various interactions, through social media events, uh, through Farmer's Breakfast. Um, I'll be honest with you, even just talking to people at the store. Roy Mayer is one of the counselors with Project Recovery wrapping up their books as of August 26th. Markets are mixed overnight. December corn right now is unchanged at 563 and a half. We've got the November soybeans currently a nickel lower, 1356 and a half. Barrel cheese gained a penny yesterday at a dollar forty-nine. Forty pound black cheese was up a penny at a dollar seventy-eight. Double A butter was unchanged at a dollar sixty-nine per pound. Currently, September milk is down three at seventeen twenty-eight a hundredweight. It looks like the drought continuing to rear its ugly head, especially for those farm fields being evaluated in the west by the pro farmer crop tour and everything to this point no different than everywhere else in the corn belt for the most part needs water to finish uh, but there's definitely some strong potential out there on a dry land southeast nebraska corn crop and irrigated you know what nebraska irrigated corn crop is nebraska irrigated corn crop yeah. if you avoid hail and wind it's going to be strong and the farmers had the opportunity to control the environment in a drier warmer lots of sunshine this summer environment. That's Chip Flory, one of the market analysts that's along on the Pro Farmer Crop Tour. Now moving into day number three, they'll conclude the Pro Farmer Crop Tour as they gather together in Rochester, Minnesota. That comes up tomorrow night with their final results of their tours released early Friday morning. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like discounts on select Granger products and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Recent rain and flooding can have an impact on your lawn and landscape. Repairing it is as easy as having Kalani Topsoil deliver the perfect blend of dirt to repair the washouts or build up berms to reroute the water, leaving you with a Kalani Topsoil eye-catching lawn and landscape. Order it now to prevent washouts and further flooding damage. Visit KalaniTopsoil.com or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. 
Trust a worm to know good dirt when he eats it. Planey Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. At Tom's Auto Center, we like to say we're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Because we're one of the largest independent auto shops in the area. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. With 12 bays and a lively group of highly skilled mechanics, we're able to do just that. Tom'sAutoCenter.com. Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. It's time to give you an update on what's happening with Wisconsin soybeans, and it's brought to you courtesy of your soybean checkoff dollar, the Soybean Marketing Board. And joining us in studio today is our friend, Dr. Damon Smith. He's a university plant pathologist who's been pretty busy this year uh, with uh, quite a few different things. And it in part, has been challenging because of the weather that we had. First, we go super dry. Then we all of a sudden had a cool snap. Uh, now we're back into really that hot, sticky stuff. Last time you and I talked, we were putting out the alert as far as white mold's concerned. Uh, that that horse is out of the barn kind of right now, but you'd still like folks to keep an eye out for it, huh? Yeah, you need to be out there looking for the damage now. So we're past kind of you know, making the decision to spray, but we need to figure out what we got out there in terms of white mold damage and then make, you know, decisions on how are we going to harvest that, you know, which fields are going to go first, which ones last, you know, save the, save the good stuff first, get that out of the field, heavy white mold fields, save those for the end, because, you know, we know we can move uh, white mold around in the combines. Yeah. So if I'm uh, out there scouting and I haven't necessarily seen white mold in my fields before, tell me about what I'm looking for. Yeah, so you you know, gets gets the name white mold because it looks like a big white cotton ball. So, you know, you're going to be looking for dead stems in the field and it, it can be confused with some other diseases like stem canker. So, you do need to get out of the truck, take a look at what those stems, you know, why are those stems dead? And usually when you get down in the canopy, there's going to be white cottony fluff there that looks like a cotton ball. And probably at this point in the season, there will be a nice, you know, bleach tan lesion on that stem. And you may even start to see those little rat turds starting to form on the stem. We call those sclerotia. So those are kind of the main signs and symptoms that you'll be looking for uh, this time of year. Again, you know, the inclination is sort of, uh, you know, I should be spraying to slow this down, but we've, we've got lots of data to suggest, you know, fungicides at this time point are just too late. So, you know, keep, keep the money, but make sure you watch the damage and make those decisions on which order to, you know, harvest these fields. So we're talking about this in August. Will the plants sustain? Will the plant stay upright uh, for me to harvest? I mean, or is it just going to topple right over? Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, we've been looking at this, uh, you know, how white mold affects uh, different parts of the plant and what, what's damaging and what's not. And actually, uh, some of the more modern varieties can actually sustain some damage and we don't get as much uh, yield loss. And a lot of that comes because uh, the, the more modern soybean variety puts a lot of lateral branches on. That's how breeders have added yield. 
But, you know, if a, if a white mold spore infects that lateral branch, that's less damaging than if it hit the whole main stem, right? So you can have cases where you can see some white mold and you may not be able to pick up, you know, substantial yield reductions depending on the location of that hit. So you need to kind of, you know, look around on different parts of the plant. They aren't always going to be on that main stem, but those main stem hits are definitely the most damaging. Dr. Damon Smith in studio with us, University Extension plant pathologist. This update brought to you courtesy of your Wisconsin and soybean checkoff dollars. I always want to remind you about the various websites that can keep you posted on some of the changes that might be happening in farm fields across the state, especially given the erratic weather pattern that a lot of folks have witnessed statewide. And that, of course, uh, is posted at badgerbean.com. You've got coolbean.info and badgercrop.com. Doc is also another spot to kind of keep up to date on weekly, if not hourly posts, depending we talked about if you're in that field, there's other things that you can be looking for besides white mold. What else do we have to train our eye on? You said you've already been getting a couple phone calls on more root-related challenges. Yeah, so with the challenges this year with the weather we had, we actually had a late Phytophthora uh, root and stem rot epidemic show up on on some soybean fields here in the in the Midwest. And you know, a lot of that was due to the fact that, you know, we were dry sort of early on. Then we got some, you know, heavy wet weather, so heavier ground. We saw some of this show up. Um, and, and I've been getting a lot of questions. You know, what do I do? Should I be, you know, putting supplemental nitrogen applications on? We've been telling folks don't do that. You know, because what, what happens in that situation, we get dead plants. We get uh, lower nodulation, so the, the plants will look sort of off yellow and, and not as green. You know, so we want to do something, but really, you know, the moral of the story here is to look at what you got going on. Um, look at the varieties. There's some really good resistance out there against Phytophthora. The problem we're seeing is a lot of the more, uh, the newer varieties that are being grown in the state are not the right genes. And so we need to look for RPS1K here in Wisconsin. That's the one we want, but unfortunately we can't find that gene as readily deployed in a lot of the varieties here. So a lot of what we're seeing is RPS1C, which will give us some protection on, say, about 75% of the acreage here. But, you know, we really needed to be trying to deploy 1K. If we have to go with a 1C gene, uh, we got to look at, you know, layering those tactics again, like we always talk about with plant pathogens, uh, probably putting a seed treatment on. So we have uh, quite a few good seed treatments out there against Phytophthora and also even pythium a related organism there and so you know don't be afraid to do a little homework this winter if you've if you struggled a little with phytother to try to make some of those decisions you know you you make me wonder how many um how many things we skipped this year, Damon, uh, whether it was because of lack of availability on some products or whether it's just kind of gotten to be our mind frame of how we plant beans in Wisconsin. Are we getting away from solid practices like seed treatment that we need to revisit all the way around? I mean, this year might be a perfect year for you know, root diseases. Maybe next year it's going to be super dry or something like that. But are we getting away from some standard practices that we really should be revisiting here? You know, it's it's probably not that we're getting away, but I, I'd say it's availability issues, really, you know, because, um, you know, a lot of what we do now is we, we, we buy the package deal. You know, we get see that seed treatment gets put on there, you know, and what I've been telling folks to do is educate yourself on what you're doing. You know, what is it actually in that seed treatment? Know what the resistance genes are in that variety that you're buying. You know, we're all busy, and so we sometimes skip over some of those details, but that can be really important 
when we're trying to manage some of these issues. So it's, you know, I've heard some folks say, well, you know, we're losing resistance against Phytophthora here in the Midwest. Well, the data doesn't really suggest that, but, but what is happening is, you know, we've lost some of the resistance in the varieties or we're not inserting that resistance or we're not being careful. So, you know, make sure you're looking at those varieties, go back and look at the seed tags. A lot of folks keep those seed tags, you know, know what you put in the ground and then try to push your retailers to, you know, give you some options for next year to take care of this problem. Well, and that's the same thing goes for white mold, although it may not have necessarily a silver bullet. We do have varieties that are resistant there. And what's your what's your guess now, Damon? How many acres in Wisconsin have white mold? I mean, I'm I'm guessing it's kind of one of those deals. Uh, it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Yeah, I mean, we're each year we see more and more acres get added to that infested. You know, and it's. It's just a matter of combines moving around and, you know, we get in a rush and we're not being careful. It's the same thing with, you know, Rodrigo has been in here and talked about herbicide resistant weeds and it's a very same philosophy. And so, you know, I'd say the, the majority of the acres probably are at risk for some white mold now, you know, in terms of being infested or at least being, you know, in a neighboring field. Uh, so, you know, it's really not about keeping it out at this point. It's how do we manage it, you know, moving forward. And so, uh, what are we looking at as far as uh, overall losses? I mean, I'm just trying to think of the big package here. We're going to get to the end of the calendar year, and we're going to start to try to explain to ourselves uh, why that field didn't come through so well. Right now, I'm clicking in my head what I already know about our soybeans at home that are going to disappoint me. So, you know, if we pay attention to these P's and Q's, I mean, how much yields lane out there? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. And, and with pathology, it's always multiple things. A lot of times going on, you know, we're, we're also going to be looking for sudden death syndrome, you know, oh. this time of year too. So, you know, I'm, I'm, my gut's not telling me that we're going to have uh, huge substantial losses from many of the pathogens or at least a single pathogen. You know, it's not going to be another yeah. 2016, 2017 yeah. where we had epic white mold epidemics. Yeah. But, you know, if we've got a little phytophthora, a little white mold, and a little SDS yeah. in the same field, which can happen, yeah. <laughs> you know, those those three things can start to add up. So you're right. I mean, there could be some cases here, uh, hopefully isolated, but some cases where we could be leaving quite a bit of yield out there just because we didn't get the combination of varieties and, you know, seed treatments on all of those things. And, you know, again, paying, paying attention to the details, going back to see what you did, what happened, and then trying to make sure you're making the right decisions this winter. And, and again, push the retailers. You know, I know there's a lot of deals out there that happen when you buy the package deal, but make sure that package really has what you need. You know, a lot of times folks are buying things they don't need and they're forgetting the things that they do need. I see that quite a bit now. That is a good point. And start making your requests early because, like Damon said, we are hearing from retailers that we still may face some of those shortages on uh, specific needs that a lot of farmers in Wisconsin have well into 2022. Start making those conversations happen now. Dr. Damon Smith in studio with us, University Extension Plant Pathology. Again, he's.